0: Welcome in, everyone. It is episode 44 44 of the 1056 Uh, 1056? podcast. I'm going to ignore you, okay? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) It's episode 44 of the 1056 podcast, everyone. It's the Pistol Pete Merovich episode. Shout out to our boy, Juan. He said, hey, man, for 44, can you do Pistol Pete? And I said, preposterous. they perfect. Let's do it. Honestly, dude,
1: if Juan asked us to do anything, we would do it. I mean, yeah. If one asked us to kiss, would you do it? Mm, 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 duh, dude. I'm obviously <laughs> shaking
0: my head. Yes. This is this is on. Yeah, bro, this is a podcast, dude. This is audio. I'm, I'm, <laughs> so totally, I'm, I'm totally shaking my head. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> shout out to Juan. He just had a baby. Shout out, to dude. He's baby. like killing
1: fatherhood, but not Whoa. like
0: literally. Yeah, dude.
1: And yeah. the way that he is taking on fatherhood and making it just bow at bow before him yep yeah it's really something to behold
0: yeah it it really is um i i I guess um he's also a big big brother fan and this season sucks and i might just audition for next season to resurrect because you're gonna they're gonna be so desperate dude wow way to give me a fucking boat of confidence the only wait. way you'll get on is if they're desperate and that is so not true Desperate. <laughs> I, will, I would win big brother 100 oh don't
1: pretend like i wasn't behind the camera
0: filming your first audition video yeah, that sucked dude okay it was
1: you me in this white room one brown couch you sat down you introduced yourself said you were over 18 and uh, i brought my friend in from the other room
2: mm-hmm
0: and um,
1: we mm-hmm. saw what you had, and we filmed it, yeah. and we sent it to them.
0: Yeah, no, and yeah, uh, you were actually a, uh, an accountant. Yeah, you just brought me into your accounting firm. We were just a modeling agency at that point. Uh-oh. You told uh, me. Just, you told me I was going to bring my taxes to you.
1: Um, oh no, with, with that you must have talked to to uh, to mm-hmm. uh, someone else because we're a modeling agency, and we Tyler yeah. Tyler wanted we wanted to make sure that if he wanted to make it. Big time, he has to show the people that were trying to convince everything he's got. Right. And so he did on camera, and we sent it to Big Brother. And for some reason, they didn't pick him, even though he showed a lot of talent, a lot of skill, a lot of And restraint. a lot of
0: skin, and a lot of nudity, which I thought would be an eye catcher. Apparently, it was not.
1: You showed passion. You showed submission. You <laughs> <laughs> had it up until you said Weirdly subject. enough, you also
0: showed some dominance. So you were able to walk back and forth that line it's good to show that i have both a top and a bottom i could play both sides of the equation that's how you that's win right. you and that's how you, you attack, win big brother when you attack from both yeah that's we have been talking about big brother the whole time please yeah, um, we, we're, when we're, you yeah. attack from both sides you always come out on top do you see what i did there
1: yeah i guess so i dude. think you're frozen okay cool no, yeah <laughs> good, good.
0: it must be frozen you must be muted yeah no 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 you're either frozen or your brain it it wasn't advanced enough and it just took you an extra second i get it man listen our humor here it's it's high tier high level it's family friendly it's clean okay yo fuck that shit yeah fuck that
1: Dude, it's, it's a, a slow week we actually don't yeah, have much. yeah dude anything. it's been
0: a slow like two weeks
1: there was i know week. you said not to tease anything but i'm just gonna say we have actually been a part of a couple other yeah, projects we've been
0: busy man okay so people want to talk to us
1: we're gonna talk more about that as they become available yes but um you're gonna find us out on other other podcasts and yeah. we were killing it and um we represented the people
0: you of don't. every nation mm-hmm. what I of all the nations i thought it was the u.s nation
1: no just all of the all of the nations of the u.s oh okay. what do you think about resorting back to city states should we not get political <sighs> city states uh, yeah so just like no more state countries state? just like city states
0: oh yeah 100 like 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 athens reunite Pangea is what i say let's bring everyone back together
1: I think, I think separating Pangea was a, the biggest form of discrimination and segregation.
0: Yeah, no, it, it was definitely Big Earth trying to separate um, the individuals from their hive-minded um, you know, w- way of learning. Um, it's so, the
1: oceans. It's the oceans. They push everything around mm, it like big it water, doesn't water.
0: matter. Mm, true. Yeah, way to go. It's, it's because those lizard people at the center of the earth. That's really the reason why Pangea was disbanded.
1: Why is it lizard people that makes that conspiracy? Like I've heard that conspiracy before. I know, like I I, I don't know people, but like you, that's a com, relatively common one. Yeah. But it. Why is it lizard people? I would actually like to ask somebody who genuinely believes this, like what? Why is it lizard people?
0: Dude, I don't know. It's it's probably from the conspiracy subreddit where like. Don't tempt the, me
1: to go there, and I'll do ask. it.
0: Oh, I've been on the conspiracy subreddit. You can, you can get lost. I mean, there's that one thread of credibility that just sucks you back in, man. I am all for it. Just look up the Denver airport. People listening right now, look up about the Denver airport. It was a billion dollars over budget. It's technically the largest airport in the world because of the undergone tunnel system. Dude, the tinfoil hat will just grow right out of your scalp. It's a good read slash watch. Uh, the Illuminati is real fuck dude I i'm gonna know. i'm
1: gonna post on the conspiracy subreddit that it's not always stout season
0: now that is a good one i like that Way to yeah bring it i, back I to think me. we've been lied to yeah we definitely have been lied to i'm all about the it's always sour season um someone did i was i had the going back to beer i did have the omnipolo sours that came out at 12 percent. they were like 13 dollars a can and i told myself yeah that makes sense fucking they were great I, I mean one of them was like yeah but
1: you know you just paid 13 bucks for a can
0: yeah i did i've also paid like 13 bucks for a bottle i don't know dude it's all fucking relative they use like three thousand 000- th- this is your hobby man yeah, you have to drop some that. bucks on a hobby i have <clears throat> so it's uh you know it is what it is but uh someone you know chirped in the dms was like hey man they they said that fruit beer is the way to go essentially i had a little conversation with them so um tom and would not be happy about that i will not reveal in their names but uh yeah where were we getting at oh yeah the ct beer drinkers page no uh, we weren't we were saying how slow it is
1: I found, no, I found
0: no i found one on one post and i see they're
1: just it. posting their alcohol maybe we scared them away and the only person posting memes is tom M.
0: did we scare them away are we influencers I wanna, no i don't want to believe that i'm still i still want to keep i think we forgot to post the last episode in in the facebook group which you said you would do and then did did you
1: no, I never did.
0: Good, good job, good job. Good job. I could still do that though. Good. Uh, just, just wait till this one because this is this is a great interview that we had. But, I'm a, I'll, no, I could, I could, no, I'll, I'll just I'll, do a little I double can, dip. A little double dip. That's they're gonna get suspicious, okay? And now they're to be like – They can't get suspicious. Back. They're stupid. Oh, way to go, dude! You just look at me rattled. go. You kick the hornet's nest, dude. Okay. Yeah. Come so I saw so, I saw one because transcend transcend beer crafters That's a fucking mouthful of a name um that's hard. they released their first ipa and they called it one okay so immediately the memes were kind of flowing a little bit okay someone posted was like i told my wife I, i'm only gonna have one okay <laughs> and they showed the picture and they, oh it's the name of the beer I'm gonna have 12 ones it's like jesus bring back the fog memes man come on I want the fog memes. No, you don't. I do. Those, at least like that was cool, okay? Because they got really annoying and really redundant and kept repeating to a point where I was like, give it to me, give it to me. I want someone to post a picture of rare fog and say how great it was now the only times they're posting about the fogs is with the new variants that they're getting they're they're just
1: all dad jokes that are puns off the names
0: of beers and that's not a good meme No, i got it it's not good memeing okay you know what i do have something from the ct beer drinks it's not a meme it's just the fact that as we're recording this this is going to come out on monday um if you're listening to this right now it's monday whatever uh hetty topper uh and focal banger from alchemist came to Connecticut finally, as well as Fiddlehead, um, which I've had Heddy Topper and Fiddlehead. I keep wanting to call it Fiddle Sticks. Um, but those are like three really good Vermont beers. They used to be like brewery only, and people used to lose their mind more so than they did about Rare Fog. This was like five, six years ago, seven, eight years ago maybe. Um where like Hedy Topper came out and people were like, "This is the best ever." It was rated really high on Beer Advocate. Like I think it's still one of the top five, six, seven, eight beers of all time. And then it came to Connecticut, and there was two like there was two audiences. One was like, "Oh, this is a uh, three years too late." And then the other people were like, "Hey, I just found these new beers from Vermont. Has anyone ever heard of them?" And I was like, "Now we're back. We are back, baby. We're back." back in the, back in the groove. New, groove it's kiss just remember that um really yeah so there was a lot of that there was a lot of people being like hey looks like i don't need to go to vermont anymore because i found Hetty topper like it was it was that and on the rare fog meme scale which is the scale that i'm going to start creating right now from zero to rare fog rare I fog say, being the pinnacle of yes, meme, because that's what we've gotten okay that that was such a low bar that's where we started with this shit, okay? It, we're right in the middle. It's translucent fog, or it's rare translucent, if you will. Right down the middle, okay? Not opaque? Enough, oh, no, opaque is you can't see through. Translucent means you can partially see through. I That's can't what I'm saying, see through, but okay? it's too foggy. Rare fog, you can't see shit, okay? Um, so there, I wanted more people... To be like, oh wow, bet you no one's ever heard of this before. Didn't really get a lot of that. I got like people being like, wow, this is like four years too late. Which they're not wrong. Okay, I'll say that. I I'm guess I so. get it. I'm still gonna get it. I went to Treehouse last weekend. I got like two cases of beer. So if I didn't do that, I probably would have gotten some. But fucking, that's it, man. Fucking Alchemist. Now they're in Connecticut.
1: We're spoiled. We know an
0: Alchemist. We do know an Alchemist, but he doesn't actually turn. Elements into gold anymore. He doesn't even
1: play his bass.
0: Yeah, that is a extremely centered inside joke. That March literally... six <laughs> I am the more. Person
1: grim you're than
2: talking fan. about is. That <laughs> listen to this.
1: We have just we've slowly reduced the circle of people who get our shit to zero. To just no, us. we're just gonna we're gonna send this episode out to our friends. They'll get a kick out of that. No. That bullpiece piece was for them. We're back. We're back with you, the listener. Yeah, we're listen. Back. It's been a slow week, but we had a. I'm, I'm just gonna jump into it.
0: We had it because I need. I we need to. What, jump you into don't want to talk about fucking fog memes? No, it's also. <laughs> I got to go soon. (laughs) I got to, you know what? I might just message Abomination and just say, hey man, listen, I need you to release a rare fog, the coconut milkshake version that everyone melted about. I need that to come back. I need it to be a random drop. I need it to drop on a Wednesday. All of a sudden 12 percent's like, hey, guess what's back? Do something like that. People will lose it. The memes will rise to above the surface of the earth. And I'll feel better anyway. Go on, go ahead, Jeff. That was it.
1: No, I can't transition to our beloved guest after <laughs> no, that. I'm kidding. I'm
0: kidding. All right. No, fine. you're
1: right. That would be that would be pretty dope. They should drop some beer releases like that. Although that hasn't really worked out from some like music albums, right? Like surprise releases don't tend to work out.
0: Yeah, just ask you two every time they surprisingly drop an album on someone's uh, iPod.
1: Yeah. Wow. Way to date yourself.
0: Yeah, dude. I'm. I'm cool. I'm up with it.
1: Anyways, we had, we we have a special guest today.
0: We do this was, man. A,
1: this was a very interesting one because this we were reached we were they reached out to us mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be honest, I actually hadn't heard of this movie. We, we got reached out by a director of a movie.
0: I yeah, know. no big deal. What an award winning director. You had
1: Love. you had heard of this prior, but you hadn't seen it. Oh yeah. It. And had. the movie is The Craft Rhode Island.
2: Yeah by
0: uh,
1: director Dave Ritchie, we're Ritchie, going. I think.
0: Dave Ritchie. I said it right the I, I got to listen back and see if I was right.
1: Well, whatever Tyler says in the beginning of the interview, that's what it is. Yeah. And we had a lovely conversation. It was very fun, very informative, very insightful about craft beer in Rhode Island as it compares to the rest of the country, as it compares to Connecticut. Uh, the movie is a good watch. Go ahead and check it out. Yes. Um is it is pretty short. It's con- pretty concise. And I would say if you are a fan of some craft beer culture and history, then this is a movie that would be really good for you. And we talked about maybe bringing that kind of production mm-hmm. to Connecticut.
0: Oh, we absolutely dropped And it. we're really pushing
1: <laughs> for us to be heavily a part of this. Listen, so I, listen to that if you want that re- let's reach out to people let's make some moves folks the louder the better yeah. but right now we have an interview with dave richie you, you were so nervous to say that of the craft rhode island
0: movie yeah you can find it. On, you can find it on amazon you can find it on uh, uh, the way I found it was through Xfinity on demand. You can find it there. Um, I think beginning next month, I, uh, in November, I think it's going to be available in more places. Could totally be wrong, but totally um, that,
1: could be wrong. But it was a great time right. and a great interview, and we'll, we'll definitely be in touch with him because that was that was just so fun. It,
0: it was great. So yeah, we absolutely wanted to come to Connecticut. We told him that like I hundred times. So um, you heard it here first. If you want to come to Connecticut, I think DM them. I believe their Instagram is at the craft Rhode Island um he's probably gonna get super annoyed be like "Why are these people doing it uh he he said he was definitely down to do it but it was really great um to build off what Jeff was saying like they talked about Narragansett and some of these other breweries how they have sort of grown over the past couple years and the boom with Rhode Island beer really did equate a lot to where Connecticut where it was and where it's going I think you'll see kind of in the interview that Rhode Island Connecticut are progressing sort of at the same rate maybe Connecticut a little bit faster just because there's more breweries out there and whatnot so it was really interesting to see it was a great film i think the guy from what was that guy at that brewer's name i forget because this interview was from like a month ago who cares the patriots ago. don't matter not that guy i was talking about the the guy named dave who played planko at the brewery man that oh person. you'll have no 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 they'll have to see the movie to meet yeah. I just that man he's special i that
1: he's special to everybody and we love him <laughs> But anyway, let's good. get into it, Ty. Let's let the interview run. Let's not tease the people anymore.
0: All right. Enjoy this interview, folks. And uh, yeah, we're going to be coming back with some more stuff. We have a lot of news coming. I know we might have been quiet you know, uh, last week or two, but uh, like Jeff noted at the top of the show... We're going to be on a few shows that we're going to promote once they're out and in the open and we can do so. So we're excited about that. We have some breweries that we're going to be talking to. We have some folks that we're going to get on for the end of the year. We get the beer awards to start thinking about at the beginning of 2021. So if your brewery wants to win, if your brewery wants to win.
1: Pay uh, us a lot of money.
0: No, don't pay us a lot of money, dude. We can't be you bought. Can buy or sold. Our vote. We can't be bought or sold. Wink wink. Are you stroking? No, I'm, wink- I'm not winking. I'm just blinking with one eye, specifically. Gotcha. Anyway, okay. that's it, guys. We're really excited to bring this to you. Um, Dave Ritchie, The Craft, Rhode Island. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. I keep forgetting to say that. Leave us a review. Leave us a review. I will not read it on air because Stephen Lowe from Malkator called me out because I totally copied from him, and that's it. In any case, my friends, race hell – Praise Dale. Dale. And we'll see, we'll see you, you, you in, in the next, next episode. episode. Bye. Thank you. Wait for that. See ya. And we're back. And Jeff and I today, we are joined here by a different kind of guest. Sometimes we have... Connecticut beer people we have Connecticut breweries on we have Connecticut beer fans we're going to the neighboring state the smallest states but one of the best states we're going to Rhode Island uh, we have here the director of the movie the craft Rhode Island just got released earlier in August you can check it on all on-demand streaming services Amazon Prime cost cable Xfinity anywhere to find it just go Google it it's Dave Ritchie he is the director. Jeff and I are so excited to have him on. Dave, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing really great, guys. Thanks for having me. And uh, yes. you know, I look forward to, to uh, chatting with some, some craft beer fans in Connecticut. So uh, it's, uh, it's been pretty fun, and, and I can't wait to get going on this. Mm. I'm excited. Thanks yeah. for coming.
0: Uh, yeah, so uh, first question, how, how was that intro uh, on a scale of, uh, I guess, one to five stars? One. Go ahead, yeah, Dave. Jeff. Those for Dave. Well, was yeah, really you
2: know, reading. Uh, I, I have to get you guys on my good side. So I say that that's probably a six out of good. five, provided that five is the best. So, I mean, you just really nailed it. You pronounced my name correctly. You pronounced the the movie correctly. You didn't cite the witch movie from 1996. <laughs> so check that, out all the box.
0: I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to scratch off all of my hard questions now and just make sure I only ask the fluff one. So that's... Yep. Um, that that's good there. So, but no. In all seriousness, um, I know that you had reached out to us. Uh, I think right around the time that the movie got released, like publicly, and mm-hmm. I know when Jeff and I had this like initial conversation, we were like, "Oh, this is very interesting." And I know one of the things that we're trying to do because we've been doing this podcast for like a year and like more than a year and a half now is like always try to like find something different while still remaining like tethered to a core idea, which is beer um right. so when this came in i was like oh wow i didn't even, we didn't even realize like there was something local that was like documentary based yeah. And i was like oh yeah sure so um we were able to watch the movie jeff and i like we had we took notes we did crazy like you know because we're gonna forget about it well you also like you know talked about like a lot of breweries so i was like i need to keep my like story straight here when i bring it up so
1: it's okay i left my notes upstairs and i'm right. not gonna go get them
0: no you have to go right off the top Three. of the head freewheeling it <laughs> so tell us a little bit and this is a software question number one you probably sure. get this all the time tell us how you came up with the idea for the movie
2: yeah that's um you know, <laughs> god I, damn it I, I always start off with the same with the same answer too so i own um, so first of all i'm a high school social studies teacher i teach world history and american government and so i have a political background um, I own a company uh, aside from teaching, uh, a media marketing company in Providence called Eleven Design, which I own with uh, I have an older brother, a younger sister, and then uh, my sister's uh, fiance. So my, essentially my brother-in-law. So we we um, the company really started sort of getting involved in in political campaigns and things like that, just because that's where my network was. And uh, we ended up my brother and I got a drone back in like 2016, and we started shooting some drone footage and. Um, that was kind of when, you know, people didn't really have drones. Uh, we put together a reel that, um, that we ended up, uh, putting on Facebook and it went like mini viral. It got like 77,000 views within you know, two weeks, wow. over a thousand shares. And, um, I had a contact at Rhode Island PBS and they were at the point where they were about to like sell their signal for millions upon millions of dollars. And they were looking to, to do new, new content. And so we thought that the opportunity was great and, and that was kind of going to be our end. And um, the production manager, the content manager at the time asked if I had any ideas. Now, at that time, that was like early 2017. I didn't really know a lot about the craft beer scene across the country. All I knew is that it existed. And I liked, you know, some at that time I was drinking some of the more macro craft brews, if that makes sense, like Sierra Nevada and Sam Adams and things like that. Yes. And um, but I wanted to learn more and I hadn't really heard that that was being done yet. So uh, he's like, that's great. Put together a pilot. So um, again, you know, kind of networking with people. I was actually friendly with Nick Garrison who owns Foolproof Brewing Company in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And uh, and I reached out to him and, and sort of gave him the idea of what we were thinking about doing and said, you know, can we come in and interview you? So I remember that first interview was like August of 2017 and we interviewed him for like 12 minutes, and like at that point, you don't know, still don't know anything about the scene, and also you don't have a story yet, and we just kind of kept building it, and building it, and building it, until we realized, like first of all, we put together a pilot, we knew there was a story here, go pitch it to PBS, thinking we'd get money, and they were like, oh, you don't want to do it for free, and like get on PBS as the prize, and we were like kind of beside ourselves at that point, and basically said F them. And, um, <laughs> and then we went off and finished it. And luckily, I think the timing was right that by the time we finished it, um, the deadline for, for applying to the Rhode Island International Film Festival was like May first We finished the movie, finished editing and, and completing it like April 27th or something like that. Um, so we said, why don't we we apply? Uh, we ended up getting in, which is huge because it's an Oscar qualifying film festival if you win the major grand prize um, in, <laughs> in the in that festival, which was not the grand prize that we won, but still. Um, and so we, we won that. And then we were off to the races. We, we were put in touch with an agent, um, who then picked us up a distributor. And as you said, Tyler, we're, you know, our movie is, uh, is being streamed across the country now in about 15 platforms. Um, you know, so, you, so folks can check it out mainly on Amazon prime. That's the one we always send people to, but it's, it's available. As you said, if you Google it, you'll find it. And, uh, it's still a surreal experience because this is our first film and um, and we're still learning about the scene in general. There's so much more to be learned, you know, in Massachusetts and Connecticut and across the country. But I think, we, uh, I think we're onto something with the Rhode Island movie. And, you know, you guys are craft beer fans, like you live in Connecticut. Craft beer fans like craft beer content, period, no matter where it's from. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, that's a lesson that folks need to hear.
0: Oh, that 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 was beautiful. Now that was my only fluffer question I had to ask you. Okay?
2: <laughs> I had to get
0: that out of the way. Okay, hit me with the hard ones now. Everyone, your okay. least
1: favorite brewery. Go.
0: Just kidding. Don't answer.
2: My <laughs> yeah, least favorite one—the one that doesn't have any beer. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So wait, having a drone in 2016 was that before the like all the FAA laws went into effect and people were just like throwing them everywhere,
2: like around like any yeah.
0: building. Yeah. That,
2: like, cool. Yeah, sort of. Um, Yes. Uh, So so it's interesting because now they have all of the laws. And it's interesting because the loophole, as far as I understand it, is that if you don't do it commercially, you don't need to get certified. But if you do do it commercially, you have to get certified. So people that are trained doing it, you know, for money, they have to get certified, but someone that's probably not a pro at it can just send it up into into the skies, and you know the battery runs out and it falls on someone's head or chops someone's face <laughs> off. And there's, as far as I know, no liability. I actually have a funny story about that, where go on. Uh, we were <laughs> we were um, uh, filming the Jack-o'-Lantern Spectacular at Roger Williams Park. This is now um, j- October or actually November of 2017, I believe and um, we were waiting until everybody was gone. So the four of us are there, and it's like pitch black. It was probably the dumbest thing we could possibly do, but there was no one there, or so we thought. So we, we launch it, you know, into the sky, and we only went up about six feet, because if you've been there, you know, for folks that have been there, it's kind of like just a path, and, and there's trees above, and all that stuff. Some like 70-year-old guy just starts walking towards our drone at face level. You can hear the thing, and it's spinning, and spinning, and spinning, and and he's getting closer and closer and closer. And we're like, is this guy for real? And we're like, watch out. And, and he, he nearly, I swear to God, he was three feet from the thing. And I was like, watch the p- out. And he finally, was like, oh, oh, like, I don't know if he was intentionally trying to walk his face into our drone. It would have just probably decapitated the guy, but um, that would have been bad. And, and we probably wouldn't be here talking today if that had happened. But to answer your question, Um, I think that, that the regulations have come a long way. And yes, that was prior to all those regulations happening.
1: Dave, I like to think that if that did happen, we would be here today, except we would just be talking about something completely different. Yeah. we may
2: have have been bailed out of prison or something like that at this, at this point, you know, it's been three years. So I would have had to do community service and, uh, but yeah, it's, um, it is scary. Sounds like a guy
1: who's just gave up.
2: He might've, he very well could have given up and, uh, But you even hear like, you know, you guys, uh, we were talking before the the show started that you're, you know, baseball fans and you remember like Trevor Bauer almost like cut his fingers off and right before the world series because he was playing with his drone and those things are, you know, they're they're deadly. They can be deadly for real. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's Trevor Bauer for you though. He's, he's He's kind kind of
0: a is. He's a weird dude. I like him though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He actually tweeted back at my friend and my friend was all excited about it. So that was good.
0: (laughs) Best day of your friend's life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so what was my question jeff you asked a question i had it and i forgot it.
1: (laughs) you have an exclusive series of beer coming out or you had it come out this summer yes how is it tell me about it obviously you're gonna say it's great but like tell us about it the people all right so the for the people at home that that listen to the episode they know that when we we review craft beer right so we uh we talk about the label we talk about the flavors and when we rate it but you don't have to rate it Okay. Give us a breakdown. What are you drinking? Yeah. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah. So this, uh, I'm glad you asked that, that question, Jeff. And uh, yeah, so the movie, obviously, The Craft, Rhode Island. Um, and as I said, we're a marketing company. And so we were thinking of ways in which we could get people's attention on this movie. And we've become great friends with, with the Rhode Island breweries, even the ones that aren't in the film, you know, because we only have about nine or 10 of the breweries out of the 28 or 30 that are in the Uh, in the state and you know we couldn't obviously get everybody there were breweries that we wanted to get in that just didn't work out and then we had some like Providence Brewing Company and Line Cider by the way who Mm -hmm. didn't exist when we started filming and just like by happenstance um, I just wanted to use that word uh, they're in the movie so um, nailed it (laughs) uh, yeah we we approached um, so there's a lot of changes going going around in the in the Rhode Island craft beer scene as well so not every brewery that's in the movie is doing a beer for us but, uh, there were four of them that ended up doing one. And all we asked was that they called it the craft Rhode Island. Um, and, uh, and then it was kind of up to them to decide what style they wanted. You know, they had some parameters for, for label design and things like that. So I don't know if you guys can tell from the can, but, um, they all have like a cinematic thing. So there's like a, a, like a silver screen sort of thing behind it, um, on this one. And then like, um, uh, like Buttonwoods did one that's like a a movie poster sort of thing and and so on. Um, but this one is uh, a raw double IPA. Um, this is actually uh, Line Sider, which is co-owned by Dan Copen, formerly of the New England Patriots, two-time Super Bowl champ. So you, you guys saw the movie, you see that his Super Bowl rings are in there and all that. Oh, and, yeah. We yeah. ju- i just
1: fast forward a little bit there, but yeah, 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you, did you say you're a Giants fan? So I, I, I shouldn't talk too much about, uh, you know, Super Bowl And fans. my
1: fanhood came from one amazing Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, like, I don't want to hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, talking about the Ravens one, but actually the Giants lost that one to Trent Dilfer. So uh, I, think, I, I think you're talking about either the Wes Welker drop or the Tyree catch. But uh, anyway. The catch. Yeah. So, um. Yeah. So anyway, this is a raw double IPA, um, and it's uh, it's great. So you know, people have been asking me about you know what styles am I into right now, and you guys know you're from New England. Like, there's a ton of New England style IPAs out there, oh, yeah. and they're like nine thousand calories a piece. And I continue to drink them, and they're eight and a half percent or eight percent, and I continue <laughs> to drink them. Um, so you know, I really otherwise am starting to go towards you know some of the lagers and things like that, some pilsners. But when a beer is made for your movie, you just have to continue to drink it and drink it. Um, yes, absolutely. This, this, yeah, and, and so, so Jeremy Ruff, the owner of Linesider, um, this was the first time he did a raw, uh, a raw IPA. Uh, like I said, it's a double, and I think he hit it out of the park. I mean, um, you know, he wasn't sure how it was going to come out, but I think, you know, from, from can design to you know, flavor, profile, you know, it hits all the right notes and it's just killer. Unfortunately, these beers, all the branded ones are only available at the breweries that made them. So Linesider, Foolproof, Providence Brewing Company, and Buttonwoods. Um, so I know you guys were asking me about where to get, you know, Rhode Island craft beer, especially these. And unfortunately, I'd have to ship them to you uh, or drive them down to you. But uh, but yeah, so fo- if folks are in Rhode Island, they can pick these up at the brewery and they're they're awesome.
0: Honestly, we like, because we, we're trying to at least, like, in at some time frame, review every brewery in Connecticut. And there's a lot in like that New yeah, London yeah. area, so it's there. So like, we right. there's a there's another excuse for us to get out towards like Eastern Connecticut, which is like three
2: hours away. It feels like so. Yeah, yeah. So where are you guys specifically? Because I, my wife and I, actually just moved from Providence to West Kingston, which is like it's pretty close to the Connecticut border. You know, like Foxwoods is only probably 25 minutes from us now. Oh. Um, so yeah, and I actually haven't done any any beer touring in in Connecticut yet but I you know after COVID I I really want to you know check out some of that scene as well we're on
1: the opposite side of the state
0: yeah oh yeah so I'm out of like a town called Shelton that's where I live now I love a town of Shelton we used to grow up next to each other basically in Trumbull so it's which is where I am
1: right now I'm in so is a suburb of Bridgeport yeah
2: Yeah. so my my girlfriend in uh high school and in some of college went to Fairfield so I made that trip quite a bit uh down down that way yeah yeah
0: so it it, they're two really small states, but like there is a lot in between. So with Connecticut, like I know one in New London that like always I see is called Tox TOX and they yep. are oh, yeah. very, very small. Um, and I feel like they at least like from a, I guess a recency bias standpoint, I always see them. So they're always the one I think about, but mm-hmm. it's weird with Connecticut because there's like 112 now breweries that are open. Yeah. And I would say two thirds of those have come within the past three to four years. Yeah. And you'll get some that are in these no, like these very, very small towns in Connecticut, like a couple thousand people. And it's like, Oh yeah, there's one of these breweries. It's like, Oh, we got to get out there. And it's like two hours with no right. direct route. It's like, great. <laughs> so There's a bunch on like the uh, Connecticut Rhode Island border, which is like more of a hike for us, but it's more of a reason to get over to you guys. So yeah. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you
2: make that trip, I actually heard of Tox. Just actually, um, uh, Linesider's can designer uh, posted something on Facebook, I think it was, that he was heading over to Tox. And I haven't been there myself, but um, it's funny to hear you guys say it. But yeah, if you ever do make the trek to, you know, the, the southeastern portion and you're, you know, you're in that area, I mean, you're talking about in Westerly, there's Graysale, and then you head up towards yeah. my way. And again, I, we moved into kind of a rural area of the state compared to where we lived, which was Providence. But I have tilted barn within five miles. I have shades on within a mile and a half of my house. I have whalers within five miles of my house, and linesiders like six or seven miles. And so, if you and then and then gray sales probably fifteen miles, maybe. So if you guys do head this way, you can probably hit like six or seven breweries, whether they're on the Connecticut line or or in Rhode Island, pretty easily, which is nice.
0: Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, but I mean, other than Narragansett. Just yeah. as I've been looking more into this, and we'll get to Narragansett obviously now. That was a big part of the documentary, but Grace yeah. Sale I feel like as a craft brewery was like the first one that I heard from Rhode Island specifically because of Captain's Daughter. Like that was one of these beers that like you would always hear about in like little circles. Like I would hear it right. pop up, and I was like, "What is Captain's Daughter?" I keep hearing yeah. it, and that was one thing that like always popped up. So um, you didn't get was grace wasn't in the documentary did i miss that right now i don't think it was
2: grace sale was a target of our they were one of the first ones that we identified that we we wanted to be in the movie um you know in part because they have a female owner and then they also have a female head brewer different people but you know we we have nicole pelletier from crooked current in the movie and she's become a great friend of ours but we really you know we really wanted to to look at it is there is there gender diversity is there racial diversity, you know, throughout the state and, uh, you know, unfortunately there isn't as much as we would like, but I think that that's a problem within the whole craft beer scene. Yeah. Um, but, but Gray sale was a target. It just didn't work out. Um, they were interested in like, we just, we, we couldn't make our schedules work and then we kind of like moved on. Um, and it's unfortunate because obviously, you know, they're, they're a big deal um, not just in Rhode Island, but elsewhere. But, but the same happened with um, like long live in Providence too. I actually talked to Armando on the phone and we were going to go like the next week and our schedules just kind of got, you know, moved around and, and then they're not in it. So, you know, it's no hard feelings on anybody. It, it's just kind of like when you're doing this thing, you sort of take what you can get. And sometimes it's lucky and sometimes it's unlucky, but, um, but that happened at Sale and Long Live. So they're not in the movie to answer your question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How did you go about, um, picking the breweries or yeah. prioritizing the breweries you wanted to put within the film?
2: Yeah, uh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, Certainly, you know, the, the first one was foolproof. Um, I knew about them. I was friendly with Nick, uh, Nick Garrison. And so, um, and I knew that they were, they were one of the bigger ones, especially at the time. And so we wanted them. We had heard that Tilted Barn was legendary again, I knew nothing about them at the time, but I knew I had to have them. I knew I had to have Narragansett, you know, for, for obvious reasons, as I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, and then it, it was sort of like a combination of trying to piece the story together so like we have a revival because sean larkin is like one of the the craft beer godfathers um and so his storytelling was just really important uh for the overall movie um and i like his beer a lot you know some people will say oh revivals whatever but i actually really like his beer um, and so i'm thrilled that they were in it and um yeah so it was kind of like a combination of we wanted you know some of the older ones that have been there to tell the story we wanted Obviously Narragansett, because they're they, you know they're one of the most important craft beer companies in the country uh, with one hundred and thirty years now, and then uh, but you also want some of the newer ones that came with the law changes in two thousand and sixteen to sort of see the evolution of the craft beer scene in this state and so it was kind of again you know there's some duplication if if we were to get some others that aren 't in the movie and so you know, I think that the breweries that aren't in it should look at the ones that are in it and say, well, well, that's our story, too, you know, and, and, and sort of like we're telling the story of the entirety of the Rhode Island craft beer scene. And again, if we go to another state, we're going to try to find you know the same sort of formula uh, rather than just like, oh, if we go to Mass, you know, it's only Treehouse and Trillium and that's all you're <laughs> like, no, we want to we want to document the scene in its entirety, you know, so and there's a lot that, that needs to be covered.
0: Yeah, there there definitely is. In, in Connecticut, you know, not to be like Homers, if you will. Um, but No,
1: to be Homers, sorry. Okay, to be Homers. If I,
0: if I have to take off my uh, my press tour hat and I put on my Homer hat. Yeah, no, yeah. Connecticut, <laughs> Connecticut has like a, a pretty big, like I said, a pretty big boom. And there's just like a lot going on there. And I think with any industry, competition like can only benefit the consumer. And in this case, like right. the physical beer consumer. And I feel like we're definitely seeing that. Where two, three years ago, I think the quality of the beer and the styles of beer are getting better and like a little bit more like out there and unique. I think people are starting to like get into that more. Right. Was that something that you saw in doing your research with Rhode Island? Like is there was there like this boom kind of forming and you're seeing these kind of like breweries using like cool ships or like old school styles of brewing that maybe the average drinker would not be so keen to, but are slowly yeah. like getting used to
2: yeah i think that's exactly what's happening um probably across the country although you know i'm not too familiar with the other scenes yet but yeah i think i think it's a natural progression where you know probably back in like 2011 2012 that seems to be the time in which like this thing really started taking off not just in rhode island but elsewhere and it's like all right uh, like people are drinking craft beer now the laws are allowing for this to be a thing all over the place and um you know the ones that got in it early on. You know, for that twenty twelve to twenty fifteen period, were just killing it, no matter what they made. And yeah. then, like twenty fourteen, probably happens, and uh, you know more of the New England styles are starting to come out. And then that had like a three or four year, and I would probably argue still a huge, a huge boon. But but you have to differentiate yourself somehow, especially now in these times. And so, you know, speaking to the the Rhode Island breweries, you know now they're starting to to create some some loggers, you know, that that was really not something that people did for a period of time, at least a few years ago, uh, everyone was doing kind of ale type stuff. Now you have sours that are, you know, everyone's doing sours now. And and so I think there is definitely an evolution. Um, But I think people because of the micro nature of it, you know, even more so now that it's sort of evolved into almost like, it's your your go to almost bar sort of thing, like the local tap rooms, that people are doing smaller batches, and they're getting even more creative now. And who knows, maybe that will help generate an entirely new style that that has the same effect that the New England style IPA or something like that has. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm totally seeing that. And and I, lo- I love that. I mean, I have a, I have some some styles that I prefer over others, but, um, you know, like Crooked Current, for example, um, you saw in the movie, like they have a habanero uh, chocolate habanero stout. I like spicy stuff. I know, I know Berkshire uh, in Massachusetts has like a a pineapple jalapeno IPA, which I've had and I like, but, um, but crooked current just had like a ghost pepper one that they grew um, at their own, in their own backyard and and added it to like a mango IPA. And it's like, I think people are starting to get really, really creative. Um, And and it's a draw, you know, I think people want to try that, that, that weird stuff. Um, And maybe one of it, one of the, the beers or one of the styles will be a home run. So
1: so that actually puts me into my next question is we talked about how, how brewers got into this. Yeah. What do you think contributes to the boom on the consumer level? But people want to try weird beers, of course, yeah. but I always sense to me that at least in Connecticut, that people wanted to have beer, yep. but wanted it to be classier, fancier, Yeah. yeah. Have, have some kind of sophistication to it that isn't uh, a 12 pack, or a 36 pack of, yeah. of Bud Light or whatever uh, gotten at their liquor store. So what do you think contributes
2: to that? Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's, that's exactly right. You know, and I'm not a wine drinker at all, but uh, I've heard people talk about, you know, the, the, the wine tourism, you know, in Napa Valley and wherever people go. And yeah. you see them, you know, spinning, whatever, shaking the glasses and smelling it. It's like, what the F are you and doing? And spitting like? it
1: out into a bucket. What
2: the? Hey. Heck? <laughs> Don't <laughs> be a bitch. That's <laughs> the word. Man. So, um you know for a long time that was it like oh if you don't drink wine like you're not sophisticated and you're only a beer drinker and all that and um and that's absolutely not the case now i am not someone that like smells the beer and like does this with his nose like i'm not that guy um like, <laughs> I, I like that there are some people that do that and i you know god bless but that's not me um but i do also i have developed um a snobbiness if that's the word that i want to use for like there's better options out there than the huge macro brands like if you go to any restaurant when we could go to restaurants or bars you know because i still go to those places even though people think that like breweries are putting all those places out of business they're not but when i do go to those places um unless i'm like unless there's literally nothing to drink including water like yeah i'll have a bud light but i think what this is done is it's it's made um people that are fans of 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 beer feel like uh like it's 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 a cool thing and it's a cool experience to sort of you know have our own sort of you know industry or um identity i don't know i don't know how you want to put it but yeah like it's it's happening in wine or it's happening in wine it can happen in beer too this is where the tourism stuff comes in this is where the experimentation comes in you know, this is um, all of that stuff mixed in, I think is, is, has made it um, sort of something that people can, can do as a hobby and enjoy and try and, 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 and can talk to people about it. You know, it's a conversation starter as well. So um, How it, I don't know is- if I just question at all but I, you I, did I, you <laughs> did you did brilliantly no, I, I yeah, always it great. always
1: seemed to me we would go to these uh, festivals and yeah pre-covid it was a different time i don't know if anybody right. remembers a different time
0: we have, three, <laughs> minutes. We have uh, three minutes jeff by the way just honestly. oh
1: you know what why don't we take a break now and then i'll continue with my question because it sure. might carry on boom okay. there you go
0: um so yes i didn't mean to cut you off there but i know no. you're getting to a point jeff so you heard me we'll be right back i'm gonna take a quick break we'll see you soon
1: we're back. We're back. Um, and to continue what I was saying before, has anyone ever mentioned how you look like Ryan Reynolds?
2: Yeah. You know, they, they, uh, a lot of my students have, I sound like such a douche when I just said that, by the way. <laughs> but they, they have, I get that and I get Ben Stiller quite a bit. Um, I, I actually think one of my friends looks more like Ben Stiller than I do, but I've lost that battle over the past 15 or 20 years. So, <laughs> but he, no, neither of them are, um, uh, are bad comps, I suppose. So I'll take it. No,
0: they not. All right. Well, I'll go back to what I
2: was actually <laughs> going to talk about. He did warn you that I was I coming I to I was going to gonna randomly, gonna <laughs> randomly bring it up.
1: You gotta be on your toes, always.
2: All the females that are listening to this to be like, "Ooh, he looks like Ryan Reynolds. I gotta watch that movie now." Even though I'm yeah. not.
0: Actually
1: in the movie. <laughs> no, he's in it. it. He's in it the entire time. Go <laughs> rent that movie and give it five stars.
0: It's, it's like a, it's like a Marvel thing. It's after the credits. It, that's when Dave
2: yeah. comes in. That's, that's exactly right. You should no, have it's...
1: done like a Marvel thing, like insert yourself like They would Stan Lee, you know, just yeah. kind of <laughs> plug yourself in there. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I am. Um, I think my back is in it one time, and maybe like half of my face. So, uh, yeah. There you go. (laughs) You see half Ryan Reynolds there.
1: I saw a terrible meme once on the internet that said, (laughs) we're all extras in every movie because we're, we're just off camera. And I was yeah. like, "That's true." So I'm an extra in your film, Dave. Yeah, you are. I yeah. wait for my paycheck. You know what? Yeah. If we
2: come to Connecticut, you guys can be in the film without without being extras. That's, that's yes, awesome.
0: I, that was one of my questions. I said, "Do a CT version," but I didn't write down have us be in it. But yeah, no, we'll we'll I guess we'll accept. We'll have to talk to our <laughs> agent. It's uh, one of those things. You know what it's like.
2: Um, uh, yeah,
0: it showed. So that's another thing
2: I feel like a douche about. By the way, is like when when our agent Therese calls. I used to joke like oh it's my agent like before we actually had one but now we have one and now it is her and I still feel like a douche <laughs> saying that. It's a douchey thing to say but I don't know like our representative I don't, I don't know. No you're um, agent you have, our, you have people now Dave accept it. Yeah. So yeah I know it's, it's gonna be nice when uh, when all my students come back and uh, and I they don't believe me that I have a documentary that's on Amazon. You're not
1: here your students will make sure you crash
2: yeah they will they'll, they'll probably try to my hamstrings or something like that so anyway so
1: before before we took that break we were talking about why we think um people the consumers got into this yeah. world of craft beer and i made an observation that in um at one of these beer festivals we we attended um i forget where it was i, I blanking about where it was but it was massive tents everywhere Mm-hmm. Free, free beer tasting, you get a ticket, you get a little glass, right. um, breweries and uh, live music and everything.
0: I'm not going to lie, you're being very non-descriptive. You described
2: every beer festival. I know, one. but I'm thinking of one very <laughs>
1: specifically. <Yeah. so laughs> it's
2: I just know. like the ones I've been to.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but, but you know, everybody's been to them and that's, that's the yeah. thing. And what's the demographic there? Well, they're usually people in our age, we're in our uh, m- late 20s, yeah. and, or you get your 30s, your 40s, yeah. and, then, and so on. And that is the closest thing I think people get sometimes to a house party.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Like
1: what what we loved going through college and maybe a little after college too was the like the house party. Mm -hmm. Get together, people standing around, they have their drinks, there's music playing. Right. Super social. Usually it could be a, a few people or a bunch of people. But I think that could be associated with like being too young and you want right. to do something more age-appropriate feeling, yeah, so that's what it, these feel like.
2: Yeah, actually, I, I hadn't considered that at all, but I think that's a tremendous analogy um, in that, again, you know, I I liked craft beer for, for my, you know, I even when I was finishing up playing at URI, I'd go to, like, um, you know, I'd go to, to, like, TGI Fridays with my parents after my my hockey games when I was playing at URI, and I remember drinking Sam Boston lager, you know, and having one or two and that again, that was like 2003 or four. Um, and then, as I said, off camera, you know, I was drinking in like the, the early 2010s, like Sierra Nevada, which I still like a lot, by the way, and mm. some of those. Um, but now, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you guys. But I, I think that's right in that, you know, I have I have two kids. And when you are a parent, you don't really get out that much the way you once did. And we have friends that are in the same boat as us, but everyone loves, again, I'm not a wine drinker, I'm a beer drinker, but the the beer tourism experience is very similar to, you know, just doing something uh, when you're a little bit older in life. And I hadn't considered it being sort of like your house party when you were in college or maybe just slightly post college. Cause it would be really weird if I went to a house party. right Yeah. Now. See now uh, it's
1: weird. Exactly. <laughs>
2: but I, I do, I do think that the the beer festivals and even just the hang, cause you're just getting to like chill out and you're right. Usually they have music. Um, you know, it's a, every space is different. So it's, it's a unique experience, you know, going to each brewery, whether it's a farm brewery or, or a warehouse brewery, whatever it is. And, maybe that is what it is. you know, the the demographic that is really attracted to this is I would go even a bit further and say, you know, it's, it's guys, your age in your twenties, I'm in my thirties, but like, I'm starting to notice that people even into like their fifties are really into this and they want to try all the breweries and they want to try all the experiences and they, they book trips around this stuff. (laughs) Is that a
1: midlife crisis thing? Is this instead um, instead of a motorcycle?
2: It, it very well could be a mid Yeah. So, uh, well, I'll not until that. you actually, uh, you know, own or build a brewery out of this, I suppose it's, yeah. so, you know, maybe these people are, are trialing that out.
1: Maybe they ride around on their motorcycle to all the breweries.
2: To, yes. They might, uh, they actually probably do that. And then they'll, they'll drink one or two and then God forbid what happens. God,
1: and then they, they call an Uber. They call, that's they right.
2: call the Uber. Actually the guy, uh, Craig in our movie, that's what he said. He called the Uber and, and, uh, went to Tilted Barn but um yeah I I think you know when when we're thinking about whether it's a sequel or just like learning more about the scene um it really is sort of that it's 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 like booking a trip like you you know you you look at okay where do we want to go and and I actually Frank in our in our movie one of the the fans in there he's like we went on our honeymoon to Grenada and the first thing I had to do was go to a local brewery it's become part of like what people do You know, and whether, whether you're casual or whether you're hardcore, and I think that's what our movie tried to address. It's like, it's something that's fun to do. And the thing that we're trying to get people to realize is that most people don't know this is like a thing yet. Right. right? I mean, we're in it because we're in it. I wasn't in it. Now I'm in it. My mom, who, you know, she drank the harpoons and stuff like that. Now she wants proclamation all the time. She's 60. Seven, um, and she's like, "Dave, can you get me some proclamation?" Or I was like, "Mom, you know you can like go to the brewery yourself and get it, right? Like you live five <laughs> minutes from there." But I digress. But um, yeah, I, I think it's um, maybe it is just the house party thing. I, I, I've never there, heard that before. I love that that thought.
1: There's a there's a group of breweries that we have in Connecticut, and they located in a place called the Biracks. Oh yeah, And we've reviewed and uh, rewarded some of the beer breweries that come out of this place. One of them being Armada, Hoax.
2: Oh, I like Armada.
1: Armada is oh, yeah. fantastic. They yep. come out of, they come out of this Beerix thing. And we reviewed that reviewed them on our, on our show. And we went in to go see the brewery and you go in and the, and the inside when you first walk in looks like a basement. Yeah, and I meant yeah. that in the, and we said it on the show. I mean that in the creamy. best way possible. And it had that exact feel of like walking into someone's house, someone's basement and have all your friends are there and they're all have drinks in their hand and they all welcome you to this, to a party. Mm-hmm. And I think people are attracted to that. I think people want to do something outside of what their typical nine to five is. Right. Um, and I, that's what I found interesting about your film is that there was so many parallels. I know we're neighboring States and we got there's that we're very close in, in, culture mm-hmm. in, in our in this little corner of our country right but um there's a lot of parallels between the stories that the brewers were saying and some of the things that you had people who were like at, like consumers were saying yeah about the scene that we see here in connecticut that we've been hearing on our show
2: yeah i think that's exactly right and, you know the basement thing that's actually what revival once was before they moved upstairs and now they're moving again but my brother-in-law came with me i took him for his birthday he's he's younger than me he's actually probably around year your age and um he's like this reminds me of my basement and like that's again said in a good way right like yeah this is really cool and like this is you know it brings you back to the days of just just having fewer problems and just wanting to hang out and all that stuff now it really sounds like midlife crisis but (laughs) but but it, it, it is cool and um you know i always enjoy like exploring you know i like driving around and like you know going down place, roads that I that I haven't been down, and just sort of, you know, and so maybe I'm naturally inclined to, to to be part of the scene, but I think that when people, even if they're not, even if they don't have that personality, they, they kind of enjoy it, right? They don't even have right. to, like, be the biggest beer fan, and they don't have to drink the eight or nine or 12% that, that are there, like, they could get, you know, and you were asking the question earlier about, the evolution, like now they're having some lighter options because they realize that people that aren't as inclined to be, you know, get their faces smashed off, like still want to like see what the scene is all about. And, and so over the uh,
1: IPA, which is you find in a lot of places, but a lot of people are over the IPA.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. And now you have some, you know, lighter sours and uh, lagers, as we said earlier and things like that. But um, yeah, in Rhode Island. And so I think another thing about Rhode Island and Massachusetts that probably makes them kindred spirits is the fact that our both of our state's laws are completely bullshit right i mean you guys are a little bit better in terms of what you're allowed people are allowed off-site versus yeah. rhode island you know but but we're number five and number six in new england as far as what people can can consume off-site and trade with you know their friends and all of that stuff mm-hmm. and so i think maybe there's a lot of commonalities between our two states where do yeah. you think
1: that comes from where do you think the resistance is
2: Uh, So in Rhode Island, it's, um, I think it's a combination of, I said this somewhere else that I think that we haven't self audited in a while. And so some of the laws are literally just prohibition era laws, because they haven't been looked at. And I also think that the other part of it is, we have an extremely powerful, consolidated distribution lobby in this state. And I say that with all love in my heart, because my uncle is the uh, brands manager for Mulafa moran which is one of the larger, I actually think they just got involved in a merger, um, and he and I have talked about this, and um, so I think that the the fact that they're so powerful, the politicians rely on them for advice, and the Brewers Guild just isn't as powerful to kind of get their voices to be heard, uh, mm-hmm. and you know that, I'm not calling anyone corrupt, by the way, in Rhode Island, that's not what I'm no. saying here, but I think that there's, there's, um, there's a culture here where it's it's not as easy to do what's best. It's easy to do what you know. I can't speak for Connecticut, but I do know that there is some, some of that in Connecticut as well. Sure. I know the Brewers killed in Connecticut has worked as hard as the Rhode Island one has. And, wow. and you guys have just recently have been able to get what three cases offsite as opposed to the one in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but if you look at Massachusetts, they're unlimited. If you look at New Hampshire and Vermont, they're unlimited. And so, um, you know, I, I think it's a combination of things, but I, I think Connecticut and Rhode Island are also small states. And so all the politicians know each other and the, the lobbies know each other and, and that's an uphill climb, you know, it really is. I
0: think also what's been a big thing with that is the increase in revenue from like how, what beer is bringing in from a tourism standpoint, from a volume standpoint, both yep. like with people and just volume of beer definitely raises a lot of eyebrows. I feel like with Massachusetts, like when you have Treehouse and you have Trillium and you have people like Treehouse specifically who are gonna willing to pay one hundred and fifty dollars a four pack to ship it yeah. over to London, like that eventually is gonna like r- cause a ripple effect within the right. legislation to get a pack passed. And I think the same thing kind of happened with Connecticut because I think it was early twenty nineteen, right around the time that we shifted this podcast to beer focus, mm-hmm. um, was that that pa- that law got passed to have it be. I think it was nine gallons or yeah, like three cases of beer. Right. Um, so, you know, I feel like Rhode Island is definitely like going in that direction too. Cause I wrote down, it was in 2013, it was what? 72 ounces offsite. And then as of 2016, it's what? 266.
2: Yeah. 288. And then they I think just like 2019, I think they upped it to 384, which gives you the full 16 ounce cans. Case. Right. Before it was like not even a full case. If you're doing 16 ounce cans, it was, it was based off of 12 ounce cans. Um, And actually the reason they did that, according to the brewers, I I can't speak on any sort of expertise here, but they think that that was a concession so that the brewers guild leaves them alone for a little while and doesn't ask them for two or three cases or whatever. But even like Maine has five cases, you know, and I I can't speak to Connecticut, but from a, a Rhode Island standpoint, three cases is three times the amount that we're allowed to do now. And like, even that would, would be monumental, you know, for, for moving the ball forward with, uh, with what these guys and girls are able to do. It's just, it's just stupid, but it's also fascinating having my background to go from state to state and evaluate and compare what my state can do versus what, again, my neighboring states can do, um, and, and so, you know, just from a, uh, from an educational standpoint, I, I find it actually pretty interesting.
1: So from, because you're, you have some knowledge in studying politics and stuff, how long do you give it until states like Rhode Island, we'll give you Rhode Island because that's where, you know, the most, yeah. Um, open up more like, like Vermont?
2: Yeah. yeah um, that's a great question. I wish I had a better answer than I'm not sure to that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that, uh, so one of the things that I think is encouraging is that Governor Raimondo uh, at 2018 Ocean State Beer Fest, like she was there, like she's, she knows of the scene now. Now, granted, she's term limited and, you know, if Biden gets elected, she'll probably go work in his administration and all of that. But I think the first key is for the, the, the powers that be to actually be exposed to this and see the economic growth potential in, in craft beer, obviously after covid you know unfortunately there are going to be breweries across the country that close. I think Brewers Association said 40% of the breweries might might close due to COVID. Yeah. But at the same time, there will be new breweries that come back and there will still be those opportunities once this pandemic is over. And the first key is to get the majority of the the, the people in power, whether it's the governor or the general assembly or whatever to know that this is like an important thing and sometimes that's all that takes, right? Like there's a lot of things I don't know about. And then all of a sudden if I'm exposed to it, I'm like, Hey, why don't we do more of that? So I think in a lot of cases, it's simply just like ignorance, right? Yeah. In some cases it's corruption, but in a lot of cases it's ignorance because this is a relatively new thing. Um, right. And so to, so again, to answer your question, maybe it's a cop out answer, but I think that, you know, provided people, know that this is important I think that's the first step in moving the ball forward and if that's the case then then I think we do at least get you know a little more allocation like Connecticut or maybe even Maine and and I think that that would be satisfactory at least right now I don't think we'll ever go unlimited I just don't think in Rhode Island that's the thing that will happen but like if we got to Maine like five cases I think that that would be or even Connecticut I think that would be a game changer.
1: I mean in the end people just want to know what could a law change do for me, right? right. So if yep. you can come up, come up with those arguments that um, promote, this could promote a scene that could increase tourism, tourism helps mm-hmm. bring in revenue and everyone, yeah. and that's always good, then people outside the craft scene will be like, well, I won't vote against it. Right.
2: right. Yeah. And you, you bring up another good point about tourism. I don't mean to bogart the conversation, but I think this is an important thing too. Like, you know, we're, we're marketing the movie and, you know, I think we've been doing pretty well in doing that, getting the word out, but like, you know, we've talked to the tour, like they're supportive of the movie. They like the fact that a movie exists, but I think they're so stuck in their ways in that. Like you look at the Instagram pages of, you know, our tourism bureaus and it's like, Oh, here's a cool drone shot of a lighthouse. And here's a shot of a beach. We know we effing have lighthouses and beaches. You don't need a thousand <laughs> yeah. likes of a lighthouse in Rhode Island. We know that those exist. Tell us something that we don't know. And anytime <laughs> you you talk to tourism bureaus, they're like, we don't have any money and blah 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 blah. And like, I just think that the the way we think about marketing, and it's probably not not just in Rhode Island, is like oh, no, it's in Connecticut too. It, it's I've been completely this on the exactly. podcast
1: for episodes. You, you,
2: right. You you don't you don't show people over and over what they already know right. you want to expose them to something that they don't know right so enough with the lighthouses and the beaches i love those things too we know those exist you know this is like whether it's our movie or something else it's free marketing to like hey there's a brewery in east greenwich called linesider like there's a movie in rhode island that won an award and like i'm pretty sure no other state has that like maybe you should watch the movie go to these breweries go to these restaurants whatever it is like they don't even show pictures of plates of food it's a freaking lighthouse like yay or an old yeah. street like yes we're in new england we have old streets they're yeah. all streets that's so, just right mean, like they're right? just called I, so, so yeah. it's been obviously you can see that i'm fired up about this it's, it's sort of a pet peeve of mine as far as like just the ass backwardness of our entire approach to economic development and just the, yes. the, the hospitality space you know let alone yeah. the other stuff
1: I've been um, saying this I've been saying this on our podcast for a long time. Tyler can attest to this. Just why why don't we see why didn't we see the craft beer
2: scene yep.
1: before we entered it?
2: Correct. Yeah, good point. That was That's a very good point. Yeah. Absolutely awesome point. I yeah.
1: yeah. There, there's, there's, there's no excuse for that because we have two roads. Yep, like
2: yeah. we have
1: Correct. two roads. Like that should be at least the opening point for all the rest of it here in Connecticut. Yeah. like you have these you have the bigger names to start from that it that yeah. splinters down and i i'm with you i get fired up about it because there's no reason not to we get it our leaves change right <laughs> we don't want more new yorkers we They're get pretty
0: it pretty nice yeah we <laughs> hate new yorkers and depending on where you are, we hate the Patriots and the Red yeah, Sox. that's
2: that's 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 uh, that's understandable. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not like I have a Super Bowl ring. I root for them, but they didn't send me a Super Bowl ring, so whatever. But but yeah, I mean, that's another great point, right? You're like, oh, look at this pretty picture of like a yellow leaf. Like, yeah, yep, that's great. Like, what does that get you? And <laughs> it, it's again, I don't know if it's their policy or what it is. And I like all the tourism people, like they're friends of mine and all that stuff. And but it's always like, I don't have any money to help you. First of all, we're not at asking for money we're just asking for exposure right um but also people look at like in tourism like oh it's a cost it's not a cost it's an investment your goal is to get people to come to your state and spend money if that yes. costs you fifty thousand dollars to generate a hundred thousand dollars that's an investment that's worth right. it and mm-hmm. like people don't see it that way and i don't know why they don't see it that way it's yeah it's insane
0: yeah no it, it really is and i I think Jeff, you brought up a really good point. You know, like we knew two roads in Connecticut and that was really it. And there's all these, even four or five years ago, there were still like 50 breweries and we really didn't know about it. And it's like, why wasn't this more of an initiative to do like, and if you told anyone, like, if you give me $50,000, I'll turn into a hundred thousand dollars guaranteed. Anyone in the world is going to say yes. So it might just be a a thing that's just going to become more normalized, just like with wineries and breweries. Like it's it's going to be slowly ingrained and you look at, plays out west like with California and Colorado the biggest examples I feel like they're the two meccas as far as craft beer goes sure, yep. they've been at it for 30 40 years the rules right. are, are a lot different so I feel like just over time yeah we'll kind of get to that point so I'm excited about it i have yeah. an idea uh, i think you need dave from proclamation i think you need to ask him he i wrote down in my notes <laughs> this guy. i have it in my notes this guy rules because he dressed up and played uh, plinko at his brewery so I feel we like we're a big fan of this guy and tell him like what his tourism ideas are because I feel like <laughs> he has a bunch. And it's also I, a little a story for the film too. Does he have a
2: story? Was, what's that?
1: Does he have a story? Like who is this guy?
2: He, uh, he, he has a lot of stories that Dave Witham, uh, <laughs> Dave Witham uh, the owner of Proclamation is um, one of the greatest people that anybody wants to, <laughs> wants to know. First of all, so I'll give you a quick story about, so we had, um, as part of the marketing for the movie, we were doing the Newport Virtual Craft Beer Festival and so we were giving away like five Blu-ray DVDs and, and I had the official poster, uh, five posters made and then we had uh, as many of the brewery owners sign them as possible. And so Dave, you know, we. so I wanted one for myself which is now framed in my basement, but Dave signed mine, instead of Dave Witham, he signed it Chip the Hammer Mendelssohn because that was the character that he played in the movie when he was doing Plinko, he like has this alter oh. ego. And so like he signed two of them differently. And so Nick and Beth, my sister and brother-in-law have, have one. And then I have the other and, and all of the beer fans have the Dave with them of proclamation, but no, he's an interesting guy. He actually, um, is a musician. I believe he actually may have been even a teacher earlier on. And he was, as you saw, you know, he said, I was just a guy that liked to make beer and never thought I'd have a brewery that was 10 times the original size of my first one. He, he was really, um, one of the first ones to to make killer sours, like barrel aged sours, uh, not kettle sours. And so that's kind of one of the ways in which proclamation sort of, you know, uh, how they how they got notoriety. Um, They're another one, like I I didn't even know they existed. They came about in like 2014. And it was actually my master's uh, public administration professor, which sounds weird, but he's actually like my age, Uh, my friend Aaron. Now he's my professor. And now my friend, because I went to high school with his wife. And anyway, so he's like, Hey, I got this like proclamation beer. You should try it. And I went over his house for a party one time and there was that purple can of Ethereus, and that's how I got exposed to proclamation. But, um, yeah, Dave's just a character, like he's a killer brewer. And then, you know, he's, he's got that, that again, alter ego when they have their events, like he really kind of, kind of gets going and, and, uh, and turns into something even wilder. Um, but another cool thing about him, as I mentioned, uh, we have a, you know, the DVD and the Blu-ray available, and Dave was cool enough to actually send us uh, two of his songs that he wrote, um, wrote and produced, in in, in, its, in in their entirety, just him. Um, and they're actually on the the bonus features for the DVD, um, so you can actually hear Dave Witham, owner of Proclamations, two two songs that he made, and they're they're really really cool songs. So
1: nice.
2: um, Yeah. So he's he's definitely a character. Um, regarding your question about getting him involved in like being the solution to marketing, he would probably <laughs> tell everybody that they're. You know, uh I don't want to put words in his mouth, but um yeah, he he's he'd probably have some choice words for people. I'll put it that way.
0: Good. <laughs> we need to get a hey, microphone in man. front of him. I feel like he's got a bunch of ideas. So I feel like if we need to start with someone, it's him. And that's yeah. also a tease for the video like for the documentary itself. Um that just like everything you do with him and Narragansett, and we'll get to Narragansett, but okay. <clears throat> I thought he was like hysterical. And I was he's like, so I hilarious. need to this, dude. Yeah. He just seems like a crazy guy.
2: I mean, and to just finish this off, right. Like one of the things that the tourism bureaus could do is actually highlight the fact that he's probably arguably one of the two best, uh, brewers, you know, or, or his breweries is one of the two best in the state. And like, and they do have some recognition nationwide, like maybe highlight proclamation more or tilted barn more and and get people to come here. So, and you could use his personality to do that. Absolutely. Oh yeah.
0: Most definitely. Um, so yeah let's shift gears a little bit because i know what were you gonna say jeff's so, are we gonna say something nothing i was oh. gonna
1: get into Nair against it because yeah. that was um that was a huge chunk of your movie yeah. did you feel like that you had to address it or did you would you did you want there's a story specifically that you wanted to tell or did you feel
2: obligated because well yeah, yeah. i think that's a fair question and i think it's a little bit of both i mean i i it's the same thing that if we, if we do Massachusetts, like I don't know how we don't do Massachusetts without Sam Adams and or Harpoon. And right. I don't know how we do Connecticut without two roads, right? right. you like, those are staples and you have to include them. And with Narragansett um, we, we had to, like, I thought we could get them, but I knew we had to get them. And uh, for, for those reasons, I mean, you can't do the history of Rhode Island beer without them, right? You just can't do it in the movie would suck and, and, and all of that. But what I will also say, excuse me, is that once we once we got them, um, we realized how unbelievable they are just as people. Like right, so so they're the number 30, I think, according to the Brewers Association, the 30, 30th largest craft brewery in the United States, which is you know, really good for a Rhode Island brew. Like that's, that's, that's way up yeah. there. And so you think that you wouldn't have the access to them and all of that. And instead we were able to go back there like five times, like the first time we went, they weren't canning and we wanted to get some B roll of canning and things like that. And, um and so BJ, the marketing director um or the marketing manager was like, yeah, like, let's, let's, you know, make sure we stay in touch for when we're canning. And so um, it was like months later that they were finally doing a huge run of their It's About Time IPA. And we were there for like five hours because they have such a huge facility at the yeah. Guild in Pawtucket. Um, and, you, you know, you saw the footage in the movie of like how many, you know, cases and, and cans they were canning. Um, but it was like anytime you know, if we needed to come back to do something, they're like, yep, we'll do that. And then, you know, we have in the segment, you know, Mark Hellendrung, the the president and CEO of Narragansett Beer, who's really a big deal in the craft beer scene. He's very busy. And he came in, and he gave us as much time as we needed. And he's like, did you get everything you need? He's like, do you need me to come back later? And it's like, you know, he's, with all the respect to Mark, like, he's probably not on the level of Jim Cook of Sam Adams, but like, he's still a huge deal. And to give us you know, at that point in time, you don't know if our movie is going to be good. You don't know if the footage is going to be good. You don't know if we're actually even like properly recording the footage, but right? I think you don't know anything about <laughs> yeah. that. And he gave he gave yeah. us over an hour of his time. And, um, and they've, again, I keep saying these guys have become great friends of ours. Like anytime I, you know, even want like a poster signed or I need some, some beer for like, you know, we did some screenings before we, we had the national distribution. Gansett was always like, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And, so we have that, but then we also have the story of Dr. Seuss and Jaws and the Red Sox. And if, if we didn't have them, the movie would just would, would just not be worth doing.
0: Right. Yeah. That was really interesting. And I, I, you, um, you mentioned Dr. Seuss and Jaws, and I wrote that down. I was like, yeah, that's very like – these two crazy connections, that, like you never really put yeah. two and two together until they talk about it. I was like, holy shit. I was like, yeah, Narragansett's it's huge. And it's, I feel like everyone talks about it, especially in the summertime because – you have the Dell Shandy, like yeah, the lemonade yeah. and the watermelon, yeah, yeah. which are very underrated. I feel like not a lot of people talk about those. I think the yeah. watermelon is still one of my favorite, like shandies. Yeah. But it's, it's been like that staple for so long, even before we got into this, like I knew about Narragansett. But okay. now that we are more familiar with it, it's like you understand like how big of a deal a place like that is and just how it survived this long. And has yeah. still been as big of a deal as it was 50, 60, 100 years ago plus.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I forget if we, I forget if we have this in the movie now, I I haven't watched the movie in maybe like two weeks, but um, (laughs) no, but uh, you know, Mark uh, again, president CEO, he, he was the president of Nantucket Nectars. So he went to Brown University and was the uh, roommates with the guys, Tom and Tom from Nantucket Nectars. And so he, that's kind of how he got his start. And then he got out of there because he said he wanted to kind of remain in Rhode Island. And, um, and so you know, he, he was looking to get a a brand back, but for him to recognize the potential of re, you know, reinvigorating and revitalizing Narragansett um, is it's one of the most important probably moments in, um, in this industry, at at least in our state. Right. And I remember when we, before we had our current iteration of our company, my brother and I had a company called that stupid t-shirt company. And we were doing, uh, we were just selling our, you know, our, our t-shirts at, um, WBRU, which is an alt rock station that or used to be they just sold it to some Christian rock station now but anyway um we, w- we would be selling our shirts with these things and I remember this is like back in 2009 where like you had the gigantic Gansett clam like m- like mascot and they were just giving away like tall boys and giving away tall boys it was like two dollar tall boys and and they went through this whole kind of marketing um, experiment to see what like how do we market Gansett and they went back to the original, which was High Neighbor, right? And that's to this day, like they just went back to what worked. And I think they just nailed it with the comeback, you know, and now they're opening up their new brewery uh, right on the waterfront in Providence. Um, It should be opening within the next month or two. That's Um, awesome. And they just, they hit all the right notes with everything. And, and, but, but most importantly, they're the most down to earth guys you could possibly imagine. And uh, and I'm really proud of them. Like, I mean, you know, the brewery in Cranston closed in 1983 and at one point, they had 65% market share in New England, and then they were down to nothing. And for them to become what they've become once again is, is remarkable, and it's something I think our state should be really proud of. And the same thing for, you know, you guys have the equivalent of two roads and, and so right. on. Like, yeah. we need to embrace the, and I think Rhode Island does embrace Gansett, but I think we need to really be proud of, of all of these entrepreneurs and, and the things that they're doing for our state.
0: Oh yeah. And I mean, the beer is really good too. I feel like you get to a certain level, especially with crap beer. Mm -hmm. It's so polarizing because people have opinions about everything. People say Treehouse is the greatest beer in the world. Some people say it's the worst. People just like to be contradictory if they want to be.
1: Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Who's saying it's the worst? Who are these
0: people? Uh, Trust me. I spend too much time online. You eventually get to those people who say like, oh, Julius is overrated and it was better when it was made in Munson and not like you get to people who just want to neg everything into the earth. I'm telling you, it's it's there, okay? Just trust me. Anyway. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> but like Narragansett is a good example. Like I yes. had Fresh Catch for the first time like recently, and I was like, wow, this is actually people pretty – like Fresh. Yeah, like Fresh Catch is actually really good, and you always overlook it because you're like, well, it's Narragansett, and they're big, and like no one's ever going to say like – Narragansett, like, people might not say, shouldn't say absolute. But, like, people are like, oh, is my favorite. I feel like with crappier beer, they want some, like, little hole-in-the-wall, yes. like, brewery that three people know. They're like, that's my favorite. And everyone's like, what is that? Yeah. And, like, everyone turns their head. But with a big brewery like that, with, like, a Two Roads, I think is yep. the best example. And with the Narragansett, it's like, they're big for a reason. It's like right. they're, they're they've been around for this long. It's not by accident. It's like especially right. – now the past 10 years where there's so much variety and there's a brewery almost on every corner. It's like you either have to be good or you're not going to last. And COVID you said it was a great example with like something like that has ended, unfortunately, a lot of breweries that have made great beer, but you know, all those things, if you're invincible to all those things, it's not by accident. So I just wanted to go against
2: it. I love them. Yeah, no, I think you guys, you guys both are are nailing some really, really, critical points from house parties to like just the, you know, the, the staying power of, of Gansett, like, you know, and I'll like, so you, you mentioned the Dells and, you know, they've done a really good job with kind of that, um, that, that Rhode Island historical branding as well. And I'll, I'll throw in another uh, their autocrat coffee milk stout, which, uh, again, in the bonus footage, BJ, the marketing director takes us through the brewery, um, through the facility and, and talks about how they're about to release the, the autocrat, which I think is actually, I think they release it in the fall. So it might be coming up again. Mm-hmm. And, um, so he gave us like a six pack of it. And I know I'm not a big stout guy, by the way, like I'm more of a stout guy than I used to be, but I'm still not huge with it. That is an awesome, awesome beer. And I would encourage people to, to have it. And, you know, to your, to your point regarding like fresh catch, um, you're right, like, Gansett is completely underrated, because you can sort of get it anywhere, but right. then you, you, but then you compare it to, to things that you can't get everywhere, and just because you can't get them everywhere, they're cooler, or they're better, and no, actually, Gansett's better than a lot of them, you know, and, and, yeah. and, um, and so it's, you know, it's interesting to hear you say that, not being from Rhode Island, that, like, you know, Gansett is a respected brand elsewhere because they absolutely deserve it. You know, they've done, they've done the right things, you know, and they're, and they're also evolving too, by the way, you know, they're, they're doing some more small batch stuff and, um, and, and it's really awesome. Like they, they get it. They know what they have to do to, to, to make it, you know, fresh and, and, and alive and all of that.
0: Yeah. And, and then uh, I know we're going to take a quick break right after this, but uh, one last thought, but um, yeah, it is interesting. And I've always kept my eye on those bigger brands. It's like, how are they still, especially with craft beer? Um, you look at the biggest one, like Sierra Nevada is the extreme yep. example. And you look at the Narragansett's and the Two Roads and all these like big producing companies. And it's like, how are they still staying relevant? Like, how are they continuing to make a product? that a lot of people want and are able to meet demands and all of that and i feel like a lot of these breweries through whether it's rhode island connecticut massachusetts they're taking their local example of that and they're trying to replicate it as best as they can whether it's style whether it's their marketing like anything like that you're seeing a lot of that start to happen so going Mm -hmm. back to what i said initially that kind of competition and that sort of like pushing that top person to continue to reach higher, I think is only going to get better. And I think is going to move a lot of these other aspects forward when it
2: comes to new England craft beer like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll say one more thing before the break in yeah. that, um, you know, with the oversaturation and all that stuff um, you know, I, I, I do actually, I just forgot what the hell I was about to say. <laughs> oh my God. I will talk about the oversaturation when i remember what the hell i was about to <laughs> and, say uh oh my my mind just completely went blank holy shit <laughs> that's oh okay God. you know what was, That was that, a really that, good point too so uh,
1: you know what then we'll just take our break here and then maybe yeah. we'll come back to you for when we come <laughs> oh God, back God, that's perfect,
2: perfect. <laughs> 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 so Dave's gonna pick up, he's
0: gonna find his he's gonna find his brain we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back <laughs> we're gonna wrap up this interview and uh have a little bit of fun as well so we'll be right back
1: We're back. Dave was the greatest sequel of all time.
2: <laughs> uh, Terminator, Terminator 2, Judgment Day.
0: Yeah! Good answer. Good answer. I said back to the future. Now you're making Shut me... Shut up, sick. Tyler. You don't no, know Phil. No, no, no. I loved back to the future part Two. okay? You know so,
2: what though? I um, I was saying uh, on, a, on a podcast I was on earlier this week that, uh, you know, Rock, i have all the rocky figurines in my classroom so you know rocky 2 i put up there but i also like rocky 3 and rocky 4 so it's hard to hard to say it's right true.
1: and then yeah. you have well then you have star wars you have empire strikes back sure. great uh, sequel yeah. but i the fact that terminator 2 was actually better than the original that's the winning good. answer right it's winning yeah. answer
0: it's a winning answer yeah. got me there um so right before the break yep. you had talked about sort of a point about the oversaturation. I think that's a really, really good point because but when we were in our infancy talking about beers and breweries, it was always something that came up. It was like, there's too many, there's a bubble, there's this, there's that. Mm-hmm. And we we spoke with the Connecticut Brewers Guild. We got to do them very well, Shout Phil, and Kat. Um, and as we learned more, like they said that there wasn't a bubble, but having us learn more about it and meet a lot of these breweries, it's kind of true that there, there really isn't this oversaturation um, so, do you want to go into your point? I mean, you were saying it's about getting people exposed, getting as many people exposed yeah. to the beer as possible. is that true
2: yeah, I think you know I think Josh Carton um, and Brent Ryan in the the opening of our movie talk about and I, I think they talked about it a little bit later too that you know maybe the number's not fifteen eighty five you know it might be whatever twenty percent now, whatever it might be right. but there's the whole point is that there's a huge you probably just heard my kids screaming in the background. <laughs> there's right. a huge swath of the population that still is not exposed to this stuff. And I think we're in a little bit of a bubble where because we're in it, we're like, oh, I can't drink 30 different craft beers at once. So there's saturation. You go into the into a liquor store or, um, you know, a grocery store or whatever. And, you know, the craft beer aisle is flooded and all the artwork is great. And I always say clown shoes just because, like, it pops into my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting artwork. But, like, but at the same time, like, all the artwork is awesome. So it almost gets, like, flooded and, and it gets drowned out. It used to be where, like, if you had great artwork, like, that, that's what you identified and went to. Now everyone's got great artwork. And so it almost, like, cancels each other out. I've been more interested in like simplicity in in terms of like identifying beer at the package store. That's Mm -hmm. the package store, whatever. But the larger point is that, no, you cannot drink 30 craft beers. And I suppose you could, but that probably is (laughs) unhealthy. But instead of trying to compete against one another, they should collectively work on exposing more people to this scene because there's tens of millions of people that, that could become new customers if they, and I'm not saying that, you know, people are in their little bubble and like only want dorks to like consume their beer. I think that's more (laughs) of a consumer thing that like, they don't want anyone to know that like their brewery is cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, so it's like, it's kind of a balancing act between losing your coolness, so to speak. And just the fact that like maybe more people, if they were exposed to this would, would be interested in it. And I think that's where the growth comes in and there is still, or should be some more room for, for growth like rhode island should have more than 30 breweries you know and connecticut i think i saw a magazine a couple years ago that had a list of all the the breweries in connecticut and there were like 60 at the time i know you guys just said there's over 100 now like that should still be okay provided we're able to identify more customers right so that should be the next goal for craft breweries in general is to like expose more people to their product which would also help if tourism agencies would do something about it, and
1: that. we bring it right back to it <laughs> take it to the man. well it's interesting that you bring that up all right so i'll make this parallel people lose interest because it's not special to this scene anymore right. or they they just want it they just want this band to stay in this little bubble mm-hmm. they don't oh. grow they don't shrink they don't disband but they don't become they don't they don't play bigger venues they right. just want them to stay there but i, I think that's bullshit yeah, I, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's a true fan of the product of yeah. the art of whatever it is because you want them to grow. You want mm-hmm. them to maintain what makes them great. So if that's yeah. music, it's a sound. If that's a brewery, then that's the quality of their beer. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think that's crap. Like I don't believe yeah. in that. Like don't, I, want, I want this little thing – I want everyone to know about it.
2: Yeah. 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 I think, I think that definitely, you know, yeah. Speaking to the Foo Fighters, cause it's, it's like, they're one of my favorite bands and, um, you know, but like they're, they become mainstream, so to speak. And so people don't oftentimes think about how good they actually are and how talented Dave Grohl actually is. And, <laughs> and it's just like, oh yeah. Oh, you like the Foo Fighters? Like, no, they're awesome. Right. And then I'll take it a step further just cause, you know, I have a brother, my brother is four and a half years older than me. And so, he grew up um, in like the early 90s that was when he was like in high school and that's when pearl jam and nirvana and soundgarden and alice in chains and smashing pumpkins and all that mm-hmm. came came uh, really got big and i'm probably going to get crucified for this but like nirvana's like my least favorite band of that group of of bands and i think for a lot of people they're like people's favorite band and it's probably simply because of what happened to kurt cobain like you think about the longevity that pearl jam has and You know, Soundgarden's actually probably my favorite band of all of them, and I was devastated. You know, what happened to Chris Cornell a couple of years ago? Um, But like everyone's like, oh, Nirvana's the Seattle sound, and it's like, is it just because they they only had two or three albums, and that's why? So like, it's cool as opposed to Pearl Jam, who has now how many albums? And you know, it's kind of a tangent that I'm going on, but I think that the point is exactly that. Like when you get bigger, people that knew you first like don't respect you anymore which is crazy. <laughs> yeah,
1: so I think it's th- to stay with that comparison. I think it's about timing.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: think right. the timing of Nevermind. Mm-hmm. Right? If Nirvana's Nevermind could not have been more ideal mm-hmm. and it came out right with um Pearl Jam's 10, right? Yeah. Is that, is that what, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and so it just came in but Nirvana doesn't sound, like the fact that they call that grunge I find strange. Mm-hmm. Actually, because it sounds nothing like those other bands that you listed. Those right. other bands can be clumped together. Yes. Nirvana right. cannot because they're more punk than anybody else. Right. Anybody else. Yep. But they got, they got the biggest of them, I think, because Kurt was a character, right? So if you right. offer something unique at a specific time when people want it, then yep. you're going to explode. And all those other bands exploded in their own right as well. Mm-hmm. And just like with these breweries, a lot of these breweries, whether it be Narragansett, or two roads they offer something at the right time yeah and they Mm -hmm. get big because they're offering the right thing at the right time
2: yeah yeah i I think that's that's probably uh i think that that's probably true and i'll I'll take it back to just the seattle sound really quickly like and maybe this is just in my head but it seems like since chris cornell passed away like everybody's like the hugest chris cornell cornell fan (laughs) suddenly too and it's like where, where not that they weren't but it's like where the hell were you like for the past 30 years like where this guy has one of the most epic voices you know in the rock scene and you know maybe it's because he was in you know two amazing bands and audio slaves and, and, yeah. and then he made you know the song for casino royale which is one of the best bond movies and all this. but like i didn't hear anything about that until um until he passed you know maybe people respected it but like then all of a sudden he passed away and everyone's like oh my god chris cornell's one of the greatest ever yeah. you know for me he was one of like i just you know, as I said earlier, I played hockey, you know, in high school and college and and so on. And, um, you know, my brother made me a mixtape when mixtapes were a thing. And I used to just rock out to like hardcore Soundgarden before all of our games. And just because that, you know because of Cornell's voice so I know that has nothing to do with craft beer but it doesn't uh, matter
1: because you know how much respect you just earned by mentioning his song (laughs) from Casino Royale like do you even realize because I I agree with you like a lot of other songs get a credit that is the best Bond song I've ever
2: heard in my life it's the song that I start with when I we used to work out. I haven't worked out in a while, but I, you know, my name is the first song on my playlist. So
1: I give it a listen the next thing. Yeah. I, I,
2: I'm, I I'm sure it's been a while. If you, you I've got know. chills just thinking about it. Actually, it's, it's fantastic. And Daniel <laughs> Craig. Really awesome. It's awesome. Yeah.
0: Now we got to pay royalties Anyways. now. Great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Damn it. We're screwed. We so have well. no budget. <laughs> but you, know, you do, you do bring up like a really good point. I think like if Narragansett were to shut down tomorrow, like people would be like selling cans for like $20 a can. Like you would right. see this like huge inflation, same yeah. thing with like any big brewery. Um, so it is, I feel like at the end of the day, like you're never going to please everyone. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. always going to want to find this like brewery that it's actually just two people who just homebrew and that's like their favorite brewery. Like it's still, it's <laughs> just like with music, it's a perfect mm-hmm. thing. Like, same thing. Music, It's things where like people consume, and have very strong opinions about it's any sensory it's like whether it's music or it's it's not
1: it's not just because it's it's not just consuming it's when there's a scene right because sports we consume sports but we don't want people to not make it to the pros no one says that no, no one goes, hey, I like that high school player. I hope he never makes it to the right. Like, like,
0: LeBron, LeBron James, no. <laughs>
1: like LeBron, wow. He, at yeah. age 19, he better not sell out and make it. Yeah, he
2: better the- go to college and get an education. You know and the, 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 first, from- the, the first time I heard about LeBron James was actually when I was in my girlfriend's dorm at Fairfield. They, ESPN was on, and I had heard about this LeBron James guy. I remember it clear as day so yeah. there's another Connecticut but nobody out.
1: says yeah. that about sports and people consume sport it's when yeah. there's a scene that people are True. a part of and that's what beer this craft beer scene is we have a Connecticut one yeah. we have a Rhode Island one you have the all around us and people want to maintain that hominess or the that that exclusivity sometimes yeah but that's not yeah. good for
2: your the breweries that they claim to love by by the way that that's what happened with proclamation so proclamation used to be where Shades On is, which is, as I said earlier, a mile from my house right now. And you saw in the movie, you know, they moved to their new facility. And um, for a while, they had a, they had a struggle because people were like, oh, it's not cool anymore. Like, they're still, like, probably, again, a top two brewery in the state. But people didn't want to go there anymore because it was too easy to get their beer now. How insipid is that? right it's it's
1: selfish so to me it's a little you know
2: selfish
0: too here's a great example and I, we always go back to two roads but it's the it's the greatest like kind of comparison i guess to like narragansett and all these big breweries right. probably four years ago five years ago two roads came out with this beer called too juicy i believe it's in rhode island they, they're they okay. in most distribution um it, it was right when the new england ipa was peaking it was like yeah everyone's like what is this new style of ipa it's from yeah. new england And it was, I don't think it was in distro yet. And I would see people like grab it. Like they would bring in these like reusable, like Ikea bags and just Mm -hmm. stuff it with four packs. Like it was Treehouse. And I remember like being at the brewery one day, having a beer and seeing some guy walk out with like, basically like as much as he could have carried out. And I was like, are we like witnessing some sort of like big, like rush? And then all of a sudden it hits like distro like that beer hasn't changed still amazing but it's like all of a sudden that buzz like isn't there anymore and it's like are people just like uh, over right. it yeah it, it, it was one of those things and it's that like that most realistic comparison i could think of um but yeah i, I don't know if it's people yeah. are, are always searching for the newest thing or i yeah. i couldn't even they to,
2: i think they want to be first well, yeah they want to be like first to knowing about something you yeah know? um I, I think it's it's as simple as that but I think, I think people get over that and then you sort of go back to what you actually do like when, when you're not worried what other people think about it anymore, you know, so, okay. um, yeah.
1: And you get, to, you get to watch these breweries go from maybe they were a home brew yep. to a small brewery to something bigger yeah. and, and you see these people, the owners and the brewmasters be successful. That right. should be something we all want as long as, and there is a standard, as long as that product keeps that caliber, or yep. gets better. Yeah. Yep. Then, 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 yes. Then, it, the moment your product dips for the money, mm-hmm. that's the sellout. But we—that's right. not what we're getting. We're not getting no. that.
0: Right. We're no, getting totally, great totally product.
2: Agree. Yeah. No. I totally. Totally agree with that.
0: I think the one, the example that always stands out with that is Ballast Point. I feel like Ballast Point maybe like, twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, was like the IPA, like the grapefruit Sculpin. Yeah. It was, it's my, it was my fiance's like favorite beers, like this grapefruit IPA. Oh my God, it's great. This and that. All of a sudden they like sold out for like a billion dollars and the owners just like fired like, like 300 people. And it was just like this downward, just like collapse. And they they got resold,
2: right? For like, like a percentage point of what they sold for. Is that the brewery that got double sold or something?
0: I believe you're, yeah, they, they got sold recently. And then ironically enough, so there is a non-alcoholic brewery out of Connecticut called Athletic which is Mm -hmm. going crazy, which is like, who would drink non-alcoholic craft beer? Apparently, there's a huge market for it, so much so, that they produce in Connecticut here, right near Two Roads, funny enough, Mm -hmm. and they bought an old, like, uh, factory or whatever for Ballast Point and have been creating and creating all their beer out west there to do West Coast distribution. So, like – you go from like the highs to the lows, you're like selling your factory to a place that creates beer with no alcohol. In yeah, it. That's, and that's that 2020. True. It's like, it doesn't make any sense in this craft right. beer world.
2: Yeah. But, I, you know, I think the bottom line, you know, I guess fortunately is that like, it will, people still like it. I know people are going through a tough time now, but yeah. it will still be here in some iteration after, after all this is over and people kind of start getting out again and, you know, I don't want anyone to go under, you know, and I don't want, as I said, you know, in another place, um, I don't want a bunch of rich people to buy up all these microbreweries and pretend that they're craft because that's bullshit right. too. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I do know that something will exist when we're, you know, past this, this horrendous time in, in, our, in our history. So,
1: Actually, that it perfectly transitioned to a question I've been holding on to for like an hour. which was we were talking about sequels and you said maybe that you'd make another one. And I know you said you just maybe explore other States, maybe come to Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Do you see yourself doing a sequel for Rhode Island? And does that sequel kind of center itself around what's happening right now when we, when we rise from the ashes of this, of Mm -hmm. the COVID pandemic, we come out the other side, things open up whenever that is. Where do you see your, a sequel to that coming? Do you see yourself covering that or something, another aspect to all this?
2: Yeah, I think that's a really, that's a good question in that um, I think for what we're doing right now, you know, the, the, the goal was kind of like learning the space, learning an overview of the scene in our own state. Um, and I think probably from a, from a consumer or fan standpoint, um, I think right now our movie is is fine for our state, right? I don't think people need another Rhode Island movie. Um at least not yet. I think that probably the next thing would be to cuz like I said, I think part of this is wanting to expose not just myself to to new scenes, but but other people um that I think would also want to learn about that. So I think we are definitely looking at um another state and you know, I can I can say this uh with you guys that we're definitely looking at like there will the next one will be a New England state. It's not going to be some Midwestern state. It's going to be a New England state. We're just trying to, you know, work on what, what one it will be and, and, um, and figure out what the timeline is for that. So, but luckily we have, you know, again, we have the agency, we have distribution. So it's a lot easier for this one than, than, than the next one, than the first one I should say. so.
0: So actually it's funny enough, this interview is actually our, our audition to get into the Connecticut version. So I hope we put in a good impression with you and you can relay that information to your agent. So,
2: uh, if, if you if feel like it, you know, like it's up to you. Okay. No, honestly, I, I know we have to go, but I will say that, um, you know, I think one of the things that we do want to do, you know, regardless of which, uh, which date we cover next is I think we do want more, you know, I'll call you guys influencers. If you will, yes. like we want more, we want more non, <laughs> not that we don't want brewers and brewery owners, but we want people that are also fans and, and people that are part of the industry in yeah. different capacities. And so I, I absolutely would love to have you guys on, um, if we end up going to Connecticut
0: there i mean that's that's it i mean that's that's i feel like we've hit the
2: peak jeff we can end this
1: okay. <laughs> all right now all right. that we've oh, achieved real, fame
2: real, let's... real ryan reynolds would be peak i'm i'm fake ryan reynolds
1: so. that's that's true no but now um... that we've reached this level of fame this is where we sell our product Diminish completely
2: that's great. and
1: we take we take all the people that have grown with us and we give them the middle finger and move on.
2: fire them yeah, yeah. yep <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. i i am a am uh, a democrat and i was uh, i was telling someone the other day i was a i was a bernie sanders guy in 2016 and and not so much in 2020 but i'm still along those lines and mm-hmm. and just the fact that i just jokingly said fire everyone i feel like a piece of shit so <laughs> <laughs> that didn't feel right did it didn't feel right at all
1: <laughs> so i'm gonna shift gears completely just completely because as you said you're a t- you're a teacher high school teacher
2: yeah that's right um and they're the worst,
0: am I right? I don't know why I do it. I don't
1: I don't have this fear because of the population I work with. I work with the special needs population specifically. So I don't have this fear I'm about to scream. Do you ever wonder like worry that your students or do you hope that your students consume this? Watch it. Or be like,
2: hey, teach. <laughs> I watched your movie. Yeah, I um yeah, I mean I'm I'm not um Yeah, and I teach at a Catholic school, actually, it's the school, it's the high school that I went to as a student, so I'm very comfortable there, and all of that, Um, they know I've made this movie, Um, they, I actually emailed one of my students from, that I just had this past year, because her parents are huge craft beer fans, so I was like, hey, Mia, did you know my movie's out on Amazon now, and she's like, oh my god, we're gonna, you know, my parents and I are gonna watch it, and she watched it, and she emailed me, and all of that, and like, and then I had some of my AP government kids who turned 18. And not that this matters because it's still underage, but they're like, oh, yeah, I drink craft beer all the time. And I'm like, what? But- <laughs> Report yeah, to but-
0: the police. <laughs> yeah, like,
2: I'm, not, I'm not like, I have a life outside of teaching and I do things the right way. And I'm not like telling them to drink this beer. But yeah. I, but I also, you know, I wasn't a filmmaker before we did this. Like, I did something different. And from a teacher's perspective, I actually think that this is like something that would encourage them to understand that you can do something that you didn't necessarily go to school for, right? You never know where your life is going to lead and what skills you'll develop along the way. And this should be, this should be something that they say, wow, like Mr. Richie is a history teacher and he made an award-winning documentary that got on national television. Like that's really cool. And you know, I, so you like, you just pursue what you're interested in and you never know where it's going to lead. So I don't shy away from talking about our movie at all because there's a lot of skills, research skills that I developed, you know, the ability to answer, to, to ask the right questions, all of that stuff. And then, you know, a technical side as well, which is really my, my team's uh, expertise and not necessarily mine, but um, no, I mean, if they ask me, I would spend an entire class talking about the movie if they wanted to, I don't, I don't shy away from it. That's at
1: different all. than how I feel. I would be mortified if any of the kids I've ever worked at ever heard this nonsense. I, yeah. swear, <laughs> I swear nonstop, and if I ever found out that they're like, Hey, they call me Mr. Jeff at work. Hey, Mr. Jeff, I heard your podcast. I would, I would quit. I would move out of the state. I'd move out of the country and you'd never hear from me again.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, you know? I embrace it. And, and I, I think, you know, credibility is not the right word, but I, I think they want, they want like to, to, I think they want to know that their teachers like has a life. Stuff.
1: Yeah. Have a life and yeah.
2: do stuff and, and you know, I joke about them all the time. I'm like with them all the time, I'm like, you know, guys, I was I'm a lot cooler than you guys are, like, so just deal with it, you know. And, <laughs> and I'm the all. cool
1: I, teacher, guys. Okay, sorry, I'm, I'm cool,
2: but like, do you, you skateboard do into homework, the
1: class you, with a pair of sunglasses? I, I
2: do, yeah, but I wear a helmet. <laughs> <Yeah,
0: right.
2: laughs> do you sit backwards so, in the chair? Like, say, by I the do, panel? yeah. yeah, yeah. I almost i almost flipped over in it because I think I need a new chair, but that, that would be nuts. Actually, I think I did like fall down when. Time in class and I just laughed. So I embrace <laughs> all of that. <laughs> I want to uh, uh, hear, the, awesome. when you hear the craziest thing
1: that's ever happened to me at work.
2: What's that? Yes.
1: That was, I, I work with, um, he was in first grade at the time. So he's in third grade now, but first grader with autism. Mm-hmm. And he, we were in this um, classroom. It was kind of an empty classroom. I was able to um, work with him in because he had a lot of behavior. So it was nice to have this space. Mm-hmm. We're good. He's hanging out. He, he was taking a break. And I was writing out some data sheets and the principal comes in and he um, he's an older guy. He's probably in his fifties or sixties. Um, and he goes, Hey, I'm just checking out on you guys. What's going on? I was like, nothing, man. We're just hanging out. And there was a little play mat. They had like the toy road on it and, like mm-hmm. the fake road, a little play mat. And he goes, cool. You guys want to see me break dance? Like, what, me? what do you mean breakdancing? I thought he was just going to do like some weird thing. He flat out got on his head and then spun. That is awesome, and I there was nobody but me and my student. My student's not even paying attention; like he's not even care.
2: I don't believe. <laughs> and I'm no, like, win, no, one, no
0: witnesses, Jeff. Don't
2: believe no, you. I'm sorry.
1: Exactly. No one's gonna believe me. This is the but greatest that, thing that, that ever happened. But that
2: changed your perspective on him forever. Like now, you know, like he's a badass, right? Yeah, yeah. and it
1: makes it a little different when he, like, when he, uh, you know, has to uh, give me critical feedback. Right. You know, I like i like, yeah, but I saw you break dance. Like, where are we at? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. He definitely went into like he went into ten empty classrooms before landing in your classroom. He's like, finally an audience. He's like, Oh my <laughs> guys, did you know I break dance? Here we go.
2: He's like, don't <laughs> tell the union. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, teachers do have lives and and I think the kids need to know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great. But <laughs> but uh, you know, to wrap things up, I just wanna say I know it's getting late here, but Dave, I wanna say and all honesty, like, thank you for coming on. Something that yeah. people need to know about is the Craft Rhode Island. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. Go download it there. And any place you get on demand. That was probably the best segue I got, Jeff. What did you, what'd you think about that?
1: That was perfect because you, you got to check out this movie. It's. I, I hope you make Don't a movie. Don't segue off
0: my segue. No, 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 no that's I my hope, segue.
1: I hope you make a movie for all the surrounding states at least. At least yeah. get this, this corner of our country covered in some way mm-hmm. um, and showing people what's to be consumed here who are not from here and who are from here. So right. this was a great start. And I think that it, it's only going to grow from there.
2: I appreciate we, it. I, I really enjoyed having a, you know, having a chat with you guys about all different things. And this was a lot of fun.
0: I, I appreciate it, Dave. So uh, we hope we're not going to be, this isn't the last time I hear from you, especially when you come to Connecticut. Um, yeah. there's, there's a lot to offer. I, I can, I don't need to say that, but uh, yeah, we, we were excited to have you on. Go check out the movie. Yeah. Maybe- Thank you, everyone. War Wayne director. There you go. Thank go God, Buccaneers.
2: And, and go Buccaneers. Hey, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. No, I was gonna say, if uh, once COVID's over and uh, and, and if we do head over there, uh, even if it's to, to tour some of the breweries, uh, I'll shoot you guys a text and maybe we can meet in person. So absolutely,
0: that, that sounds beautiful. And did you want to um, pimp out a social media handle for the movie, anything like that?
2: Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. So we're trying to really boost our Instagram because that's where a lot of our news is coming from. So um, folks can check us out at, at that craft beer movie once again that's at that craft beer movie on instagram and um uh, and yeah like i said you know uh, mainly we're sending people to amazon prime to to check out the movie uh, if they want to watch it so uh, and again on on instagram we'll uh, that's where all of our, our breaking news will be so we're, we're gonna that we'll
1: put that in the description of the episode on yep. the podcast
0: services we're gonna definitely awesome. do that so awesome day thanks so much and uh, if you guys, guys are listening we'll uh see you guys in the next episode uh raise hell and uh, praise dale that's our thing bye